I'm Dan Orlovsky. When I'm looking for safety, I always take the extra steps and listen to Chris and Case on the Detroit Lions podcast. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who haven't scored since 1958, Chris and Case. Hey, Idaho Lions fans, welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast, episode 292. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris, and with me is my good friend and co-host, what's your name, brother? My name is Case. <laughs> How you doing, man? Glad to have you. I'm good. I, th- I'm. I'm. My girlfriend uses one of those uh, exercise balls as a chair while she's working from home. So I'm just bouncing today. <laughs> is this a video? If you're joke? watching the YouTube, yeah, you're just gonna see me going up and down all, the whole time. So. <laughs> I'm used to it. Uh, all Having right, a good time over here. <laughs> all right, uh, got a lot to talk about. Um, this is, I think, going to be a relatively interesting show. Like, I think they all are, but I think we've got uh, some uh, something that nobody's talked about before. And I think this goes back beyond the Lions situation today. It, it, it reaches back through a couple regimes. I want to put something out there for everybody to, to, to think about and listen to and um, see see where you guys' heads at in this because I think I'm on to something here. So today's show, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Fulgham. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Jeffrey Okuda, what's going on with him. Our D-line. Um, my whole thing, what do we need for coaches? We got to look back to go forward on that. Take you around the division, that and a whole lot more case. We got a great show lined up. Are you ready to go, my man? I'm bouncy, bouncy, bouncy. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right. A couple of quick announcements first. Check us out and help us out on Patreon. Very special thanks to Dylan from... Go warm. That's right. Of course, the very first donor, Mathis and Brian Burkheiser from I Prevail, I Prevail What do we talk about these guys for? Why do we do this? Because they are all members of the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Also, Trent O. He's one of our, our Patreon people. It's a great place to be. It's not just because you help support the show and feel good about doing something for your favorite podcasters and, and YouTubers. It's it's not just that. It's that you get access to the most intelligent chat on the internet. I don't know if I can watch you bounce like that. I'm <laughs> trying. I'm trying to. Shit. My AD, ADD is, is not conducive with this, uh, with this exercise ball. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no. The, uh, the Patreon, you get access to the Slack chat. And, again, it is one of the very, very, very best places to chat. Not just Lions. We've got all the different sports going on. Talking about fantasy football as well. Even got a home improvement channel, channel with a... A very prominent home flipper in the Wisconsin area who's a Boilers fan. Uh, all kinds of good stuff going on there. Uh, all kinds of great conversation and a group of people that are, are there to help and be friendly and disagree, but uh, in, a, in a respectful way. Get access to that. Support the show. As little as a dollar a month, but as many dollars as you'd like to share. We're, we're all down with that. It's patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Get in there. Help out the show. Get access to the Slack and get all that kind of upfront early information that we like to share with our, our Slack friends. It's a great place to be. 
Um, we're gonna be. I'm gonna be doing a remote shot next week. Thanks to our Slack people, because I had to get a different camera set up to do that. And uh, this is gonna be another one on the, from the road. But I think you guys, it's gonna be hard to tell. It's gonna be hard to tell. Uh, we're from on the beautiful road. downtown Burbank. <laughs> no, this time it'll be Detroit. I'm gonna go see mom and dad. Uh, all right, give us a like on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash The Detroit Lions Podcast on Instagram, Detroit Lions Podcast, and on the Twitter at Det Lions Podcast. Go on right now, give us a follow. Det Lions Podcast, the very, very best place to see case without pants. God, that is sexy. Just to think about. And one of these times you're going to bounce up and we're going to see it all. Um, subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Detroit Lions podcast, youtube.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. If you look, we've got a playlist there that'll take you to our DLP clips site. So not only do you have the option of seeing the whole show, right, but you can also see the important clips uh, of the show going on as well. So uh, the real important topics and the things that you want. If you don't have all the time, you got enough time to catch out just the clips. So we, we put that on for folks that are really wanting to dive in on some of that stuff. All right. Rate us iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, iHeart, Pandora, wherever you find us. Amazon. Amazon. Uh, if, you have, if you have an Amazon Echo, keep an eye open. Keep an eye Get open. Ready. Yeah. Get ready. Get ready. Uh, give us a call via Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast, all one's word, Detroit Lions Podcast, or call us on the Lions line, 929-33-LIONS, 929-335-4667. Leave us a message and you get a chance to get yourself on the show. <laughs> Tighten your chin straps, kids. It's time to review This Week in Reddit. Right, it's time to talk about all the fun and exciting things going down this week in Reddit. And first and foremost, Lions superstar, wide receiver. He's the wide receiver we've been waiting on for years. Travis Fulgham. Man, what a week he had. It was really something to see this week, Case. I think we've really selected a winner here, and uh, this is going to take this team a long way, huh? Totally. Dude's balling. Um, <laughs> I, I, I absolutely want to take nothing away from Travis Fulgham having his moment here. Um, I even put in a waiver claim for him on, and on my fantasy team. So don't think that this is a, uh, me bashing him or anything like that, but you're an anti Fulgate, aren't you? Well, it's going to sound like it for a second here. Uh, he is, I mean, we are talking about a one game and B he's leading the possibly the worst receiving core in the NFL, you're going to get targets when you're in a system like that. And, and, and what it says to me, a, it sucks that we can't, you know, that rosters aren't twice as big as they are. Cause we could have kept him, you know, I think they would have kept him. I think he was one of the closest cuts they had to make. They put him on the practice squad. Right. And then he got poached. Yes. Was that that by the Packers and then they released him and then by the Eagles and then they released him and then brought him back. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it sucks to see one of the guys you drafted with draft pick uh, perform somewhere else. The bigger concern I think most Lions fans have at this point is if you're not going to keep a guy at a position and if you, if you're going to, uh, release somebody that used a mid-round pick on, why did you use a mid-round pick on that position as opposed to somewhere else? And I get that. I think that's a the, that's a valid criticism to a point, but at the same time, uh, I think it, it's hard to sit here and say what I, what I would have said during the offseason and say, you know, that's a sign of uh, the depth of this team. 
uh, talent wise when there's clearly not depth at certain areas or, mm. or, you know, starting caliber talent at certain areas. But I, I do think that if the team gets better, if, I mean, yeah. I, I'm, that's not a foregone conclusion for me by any means. So don't take it as that. Uh, you're going to see that more and more. And I think a lot of other teams see that. A lot of other teams who have had more success than the Lions will occasionally, you know, pass on a guy and somebody else who had room for them or who was desperate for them gives them the opportunity until a guy actually has an opportunity on an NFL field. It can be really tough to determine whether or not they're worth that opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I, I, I don't disagree. I want to kind of caution folks a little bit about, and how do I say this, about being too high on him and using him as a cudgel against our uh, current staff. I'll tell you, nobody saw him as performing as well as he has in these last right. two weeks. Uh, Riz and I and Sandman all watched him at the senior bowl. Now we gave him a little bit of credit because we figured, well, that year the quarterback talent was just horrific. It was, it was nothing ass is the best way to describe it. Um, just terrible, just absolutely terrible. And with that being the case, we just, we just couldn't really evaluate him. Well, he shows up and we watched him. Fulgham was the guy we were watching, right? We were, we, he was one of the guys that we had on our list and, and he looked great at the, at the elephant walk. Uh, the, the way in and um, we were watching and he just didn't perform. He just didn't show up. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. bad. I see. Hattori's right. Mike Furry was awesome for a bit too. Um, <laughs> he's, he's no, I, I just want to reiterate really quick. Mike Furry may actually be coaching soon. You may see him as a coach. Don't be surprised. I just, I, I got that from someone who's in the know. Uh, sure. Maybe not in Detroit though, uh, but he will be coaching <laughs> professionally very soon. So he may wind up in Detroit at some point or another, but, um, that being said, anybody can have a couple of good games. He's he's down the line and he's in in the depth chart and he showed up and you're right in the system he was in. He got a lot of passes. You're saying, but you, you can't say you, you just can't go after the Lions for missing this talent. You know, so of course Riz and, and Sandman and I are some of the top scouts in the nation and we're we're renowned for our work. <laughs> but beyond us, everybody in the Lions said. Now he's going to be at risk and he's going to go. The uh, Packers had him for nine days and said, no, uh, -uh. he's, he's not a guy either. And they're desperate for wide receivers, right? They're looking for talent there. I even like, like I said, the Eagles even released him before bringing him back. Yep. So it's not like they saw something in him that, you know, it made them think that he was, you know, 150 some yard receiver per game per type game. guy. Right. Uh, so it, it begs the question what happened. And I, I only was fortunate enough to watch, you know, about five minutes of that game. But I, I, you know, it's the kind of thing where he took advantage of something that was going wrong with the Steelers and whether or not that that's not to say good players do that to, Opposing teams don't mistake that as me saying that he didn't do a good job because he did do a good job. It's just a question of whether or not that kind of production holds up. And I, I frankly, I hope it does because I, I hope good things for him. I, I absolutely hope good things for him. And I hope that he becomes a great player. Um, maybe I, I hope he becomes a great player and ends up back in Detroit. Yeah. You know, yeah, that absolutely. kind of thing. Um, I, I just don't 
think pragmatically that that's a likely scenario. Yeah, and he's played some games, and he's you know, I wish I had that. He is who we thought he is. Come on, yeah. Uh, drop, I think Claypool but. is the real deal yeah, on the, for the Steelers, mm-hmm. uh, which is absolutely stupid. How many wide receivers they've had that were mid round picks that have turned into. Oh, uh, you've got Emmanuel Sanders and Antonio Brown and Juju Smith Schuster, and they just keep churning out these mid round wide receivers that end up being top tier talent. And I'm not that's it's a little early to put Claypool in that company, but good Lord. Yeah, no, no, no. That's that's that we've we've seen him do his work. Right. We've seen who he is. He just wound up in a great situation. Maybe he becomes great. That's awesome. I don't think I I have to say my money's on the case that he's not what he showed these last two games. If he is, hey, more power to him. I just don't I just don't see it happening. I don't see it. And I don't even with I wouldn't um, wouldn't use him as a reason to beat up on the regime. There's there's plenty of reasons to beat up on on the current coaching staff and and scouting staff and and GM. Oh yeah, there's plenty really, of reasons. This is don't don't waste <laughs> with this one. Don't waste the the opportunities that are available by using this as a means to do it because you just kind of it's kind of empty. I will say Ash made a great point in the Slack and it's coming up in the chat here um about may it may have been you know taking getting cut twice for him to realize that that dream is slipping away and he's got to get his act together. Um, that, that, that could well be sometimes, you know, you think about guys who make it to the NFL, there's, they're always the best player where they've been or one of the best players wherever they've been and you get to the NFL and now you're just one of a lot of really, really good players. It's like, you know, showing up at, from your high school at Harvard first year, there's a lot of other really smart people there too. <laughs> you know, you're not going to be top of the class on day one. So, um, that could be a little bit of that in there as well. If here's one last thought on wide receivers before we move on, if this regime is still around this offseason, which obviously we know is not a given, I do think that Bob Quinn has had relatively good success in terms of wide receiver scouting and drafting. Uh, we like what we've seen out of Cephas so far, even though they haven't used him very much, uh, but we do like what we've seen in a limited amount. And so I do think that that's a positive when you go into um, an off season where it's possible we could lose all three of Amendola Jones and Galladay. I think it's unlikely we lose all three. I think we probably keep at least one. Um, And I know there are mixed opinions on which one and how much to pay them, but (laughs) (laughs) I do have it, it. not I don't want to overstate this point. It's not like I think Quinn is the best drafter in the league or anything of that nature. I don't want to be taken that way, but uh, I do think wide receiver drafting they're not they're not on the Steelers level, but they haven't been bad in that area. So if that's a need for this team going into the off season, I would like to see them go after it in the draft. Yeah, I think on the wide receiver position, we're looking at um, free agency. We're going to sign somebody. Mm-hmm. We have to. We're not going to get everything. Somebody. Yeah, we're not going to get everything we need from either place, right? Because the need is going to be desperate. Now, what does that mean for a new a new coach for a new administration? That might be well. That might be nice, unless you have to add a quarterback to the mix, and then you're you're really hungry, and right. you could be in trouble. So, okay, let's talk about that. Well, I'll get I'll get into that a little bit. I have I have some thinking. On this, I can't wait to share it, Case, because I've, I've, it's only been around and bobbling in my Please. head for like a day and a ha- half, but I think I've got something 
Let me tie some things together. All right. Jeff Okuda, this this one was sent in by um, podcast host Case. Case. He want to talk about Jeff Okuda <laughs> and what we've been seeing from this year. And I don't know what to expect of what you're going to say, whether you're going to be on the Okuda stinks train, if you're going to be Okuda's good train, or you're like, yeah, he's, he's, he's a first-round pick. I mean, you want my opinion now? Now's a good time. <laughs> Since I set the topic up. <laughs> there was a comment uh, comment chain. Uh, let me hang on a second. I'm looking it up right now. Um, is Okuda a bust? I'm not going to call out the user in this particular instance because I'm, I'm going to spare him. Make fun of them a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I, this was just eight hours ago. So earlier today. Uh, is Okuda a bust? And and he's got you know blah 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 uh, post and um <laughs> n- no <laughs> <laughs> he's played three games and I'm not suggesting they've been great by any means. Everybody know everybody who's watched him can tell that things are not going perfectly for him. Uh, but if you're treating him like a bust as a fan after three games. After no off season, you're the one in the wrong. I'm I'm sorry. Like I know that that's gonna that there there we have some listeners out there who really don't like it when we tell them that. But you're in the wrong right now if you're the one reacting that he's a bust already after three games, especially considering the guys that he covered. Now he needs to get better. He absolutely needs to get better. And that starts this week with the Jaguars who do not have the talent at wide receiver. They, they, they might challenge the Eagles for one of the worst, you know, receiving cores in the league. He needs to absolutely get better, but it's become incredibly frustrating for me to watch Lions fans do this to but excuse me, our picks. <laughs> now, that was sexy, right? <laughs> it, did, it did bring me back. Um, I think a pick like Ebron probably didn't deserve the heat that he got because of his draft position, but he definitely deserved the heat that he got for his arrogance and inability to hold on to a ball. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And that's not been the issue here. Right. I'll, I'll, I'll say Jeff Okuda's done a a good job, especially for a rookie. We talk about rookies needing to be, um, it takes three years to really fully develop them. And one of the most difficult positions. Exactly. You have to be the the most athletic players on the field, right? Fighting against wide receivers who know the route and know where the ball is going, who have, you know, know the route trees and everything else. In theory. (laughs) Unless you're Travis (laughs) Fulgham. That's just not fair. Um, So, yeah, all those things working in the offense's favor. It's really, really tough to play cornerback and to step from the college level to the pro level again, like you said, with no offseason, no preseason, no anything, just start, right? Just just, just go ahead and, and, and jump in. Um, that's going to be hard. That's going to be real hard. Throw in two Hall of Fame quarterbacks and we'll see where Kyler Murray ends up. He's probably going to wind up being a really good quarterback at the end of his career, considered really good. Um, you put him in some some pretty tough situations. now. His very, very first game against Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> That's that. Um, I'll go back to one thing that I love to remind people about is in his first year, Darius Slay was benched because he yeah. 
was he was not good he was not good over his first two years yeah and he was far worse than okuda was this year so I, 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 as Don H put it in the in our YouTube chat, we wanted Slay year three with Okuda. We got year one, maybe year two. Yeah, and that's I mean that's accurate. Yeah, that's, and our warriors year three. I mean I'm I feel again no matter who runs this team next year, I feel really really good where we are a cornerback for the first time in a for long defensive time. back yeah. overall. I'm yeah. happy with great point. Yeah, great point. Um, no, I feel really really good and. Okay, so we see what we got here today. We see what we got this week. Um, that's the way he wants it. <laughs> well, he gets it. Sorry, I started going in something else there. Um, <laughs> he, uh, you know, that's that that is what it is. So it's it's stuff we don't have to worry about with a new coach. Uh, I can't be down on Akuda. People that are down on Akuda right now, or that are using Fulgham as as a way to club the regime, you're just you're just angry, right? You're just looking yeah, to be yeah, angry. Yeah, lashing it's okay. out it's you know, okay in every direction. Be angry, it's, but there's, there's don't, all don't kinds beat of things. your significant other, please. <laughs> there's all kinds of ways to beat this this regime up it, that are well-deserved, that are, are foundation founded in, in good, solid thinking. So that's not it. You know what can really, really help with uh, good, solid thinking? Let me yeah. tell you. Uh, CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. It's cleared my head many, many times. If you've got anxiety, uh, I found this this stuff that they have at uh, CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com, Diamond CBD. Um, this chill line with a Delta 8 plus a CBD, this stuff, I'm telling you, just takes this takes the cake. If you have any kind of anxiety, sleep, problems, anything, this, it's called chill, and you find out how much works for you like i said i showed on the show it's got the warning label on it um it is what it is right it's it's pretty good good stuff and it's relatively inexpensive um right now they've got a a big 50 percent store-wide sale use bogo cbd they've got a buy one get one so go ahead and use that cbd cannabinoid oil or cannabinoid these are the gummies right here you can see i've been showing them every week here oh we gotta put it in front of the face they're going away <laughs> pretty quick they're good also have the oil been testing that out again i i, I originally kind of got into this stuff because of my my mother-in-law's pain she's got spinal stenosis and some other stuff she's really old and i didn't want her to get taken and i'm not really big in the whole whatever market not just cbe but the whole vitamins and supplements <clears throat> and all that stuff right uh, i know a lot of people swear by it but it's me i'm just like eh, i'm not sure so i said i would try it first i did and holy cow, it's opened up a whole new world. I've got a number of people in the Slack or on Twitter that have reached out and said, this is uh, this is some really, really good stuff and has helped them. The cream uh, on uh, Big Bad Fab on his back, who's been tons of problems, he said, uh, clear it up for him real, real good. So anyway, go to cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. Use that BOGO CBD coupon code. Get yourself 60% and BOGO. And uh, get some good stuff. And by doing that, they give us a kickback. Of course, they don't charge anything more, but uh, they give the show a kickback. A little bit of their profit comes to us and helps support the show. CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. All right. Now that we've got our heads fixed, I'm going to do this thing, Case. And again, I don't know how well put together this is. This has been floating around in my head for like a day and a half. And it's a couple of different thoughts that have come together. And I'm going to unload them here and share them with you. And I want you to to let me know what you think. But it's it's kind of multi-generational lions. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's multi-generational lions kind of historical performance. And then saying, if if we do anything, let's learn from the past and let's apply this going forward. And it all started 
last week, and I guess this fomented for a while, but uh, and then it did in the slack some more. I want Wade Phillips as our defensive coordinator. Okay. Period. End of story. That's it. Wade Phillips, he had that tweet we talked about in the show last week where he just is, he's looking at the whole league and he just wants to help somebody win. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? He's great. He did it with McVay, showed, uh, put together a stellar defense for the Rams, got him, got him to a Super Bowl. Guys was there with the Broncos when yeah. they were absolutely dominant. And guys, guys, killer. He's also been a head coach, right? Yeah. He knows what a head coach needs. He knows what a head coach wants, right? He's going to serve his head coach better than I'm going to pull someone, someone just an easy one out, some idiot like Jim Bob Cooter, right? Yeah. We brought Jim Bob in. He's like, he's just trying to figure out his own job, much less how to help the coach, right? So this started getting me thinking, and I'm going to take it to Caldwell, okay? Because we talk about Caldwell, and this is, I don't know if my, my, my thinking's changed. You guys, you guys can judge this for me, okay? We always said, Caldwell is no better than a nine and seven coach, right? Mm. And I started thinking about it. I was like, well, what if he's a better coach than that? Because it was always about how great he led the team and how he had a leader of men. He had the guys with him, right? But he just couldn't get his shit together on the field. A lot of close losses, that kind of stuff. Big comeback wins it took all the time. I'm thinking about it and I'm like, but he had Joe Lombardi. Yeah. And then he had Jim Bob freaking Cooter on offense, yeah. right? So he's got to be involved in that, and that's a problem. That's that's taking away from his time right. to lead the team, right? So right. think about it. I mean, let's – and then he – now, and I'm not letting him off because those are people he hired. He also purposely – And they kept, and that he wanted to keep around. He that's, purposely that's kept the, Ron Prince, yeah. who got yeah. rid of Larry yeah. Warford for us. Right. Yeah. This is this. Is, so. So again, I'm not going to say he's not culpable. This is why he's a nine and seven coach, because he's the people he's hiring. Right. But right. think about it. Let's look at these guys. You know, you look at Jim Bob Cooter. What is he now? He's a running back coach, running back coach for the for Gase and the Jets. Boy, I try to say that five times. Uh, that's how's going that going? Well. Le'Veon Bell is not ready for a trade. <laughs> he's only worked with him for what, six months. And now he's ready for a trade already. How about Terrell Austin? He he left. Right. And at the end of the season, he knew his time was going to be up anyway. On January 11th, he started with the uh, Bengals by November uh, 12th of the same year. He was relieved of his duties after being the first NFL defensive coordinator in history to give up 500 yards or more in three straight games against the Chiefs, Mm -hmm. Tampa Bay and New Orleans Saints, respectively. Um, Now he's a senior defensive assistant secondary coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, so that's where your defensive coordinator wound up after letting over 1500 yards in three games. He's now, you know, somewhere else in a a lower level assistant role. Okay, what about uh, Joe Lombardi? Oh, well, he was a quarterback's coach from, you know, 2016 till now and for 100 years before that. That's all he's done is that job as coach Drew Brees. He can't, right? I mean, he's, he's, he's... Who he was younger than. Exactly, exactly, right? So it's like, wow, what, what are we talking about here? This is, this is, I think, if I go back now to Jim Schwartz, he had Gunther Cunningham, put together a pretty stout defense. We were looking pretty good. That defense was looking pretty good with Gunner there. And, and, I, and I really miss Gunther. He was a great guy, but he did some good stuff with that defense. Um, um, oh my that God. was a true case of not having depth uh, yeah. talent wise because uh, uh, the starting group that like out the gate was very good for that group. Yeah. And then they just 
every time we'd get to the end of the season, it would they'd, they'd be racked with injuries. In 2011 specifically, we had like we were on our fifth or sixth string defensive who was, backs. Who was the offensive coordinator? Went to Dallas. Um, I can't forget. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Um, Jim Joe. You, everybody John? knows. Everybody knows. Yeah, I, I, I knew it. Like when, when I was thinking about this, like half an hour ago, right? But who was who was really good at dialing up some vertical offense stuff? He yeah, Stafford had his when best there years. was protection. Linehan, thank you, Scott Linehan. Um, yeah, Stafford had his best years under Linehan. He had high interceptions. I, I, I know that, but his yards were off the charts. And this team would move the ball, and we went from an zero and sixteen team to a team that actually had hope. Right. And when right. that ended, when we ended that, that, that kind of spot, we said, you know something, it's time to move on. Schwartz took us as far as he could. We're going to bring in Caldwell. And so we moved on from Linehan to Joe Lombardi. Right. And then yeah. Terrell Austin kind of, I think, made the, the, the hop. He was there the last year with Schwartz, maybe. Um, but that, that, that's the hop we made. And what happened? Caldwell, again, had the team in his hand, eaten from his hand. He owned that team. But he didn't have coordinators that were, the, were worth a crap, right? Right. So let's fast forward now to uh, current coach, good old Matt Patricia. Let's see what he's got when he starts. Well, he's convinced to keep Jim Bob Cooter by Matthew Stafford by all accounts that we heard, right? The first year Matt, that he's here, he's shackled to Jim Bob Cooter. Which maybe we should criticize Stafford for that more I than we do. Think, I, you I know, think like, I don't. 100%. Go ahead. You know I'm a Stafford, Stafford slappy, but mm-hmm. that's uh, if that's, they hadn't done that, if they had gone out and got Bevel right away, things might look a little different. And Bevel was available. Yes, he was. Yes, and then um, Pasqualoni, right? Just because it was it was too late to hire anybody, uh, and and so you have a new coach coming in who's now got to concentrate on the defense. Right, and that's where he's supposed to be super at, and he he's probably is a defensive mastermind still, and probably could be, but unfortunately he's got to run the whole team now, and he's got Jim fucking Bob Cooter who's on the offensive side of the ball, and the offense was just choking on ass. Right, you're going to draw some ire for the for saying that Patricia is a you know defensive mastermind. But. Well, no, 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 he may be. He, I just said he may be. Right, I said he may be. I didn't say he is. But we don't, we don't know. We don't get to know because he didn't do the defensive thing. He did it right, right, and then right. he had the head coach on top of it, and he got spread far, far too thin. So we'll never know if he really is until later he performs or doesn't perform somewhere else. But that's that. That's, right, that's the end of the story. But he's been. Oh saddled. boy, that is going to be the rub, man. He if Patricia gonna, goes somewhere else and has. On success oh he has lions been fans are going to be eaten on that out of the gate with jim bob cooter and then he brings in bevel who i think is uh above average average above average as far as offensive coordinators go and maybe doesn't have all the talent that he wants but he isn't like this go get him kind of guy now think about it okay if we had and i'm just gonna i'm gonna put two names out there that don't make sense and weren't available or whatever to do this right what if he had started with wade phillips on defense and eric Bieniemy running the offense Thinking that Eric Bieniemy as an offensive coordinator is has the talent and skills that he has today, right? All of a sudden, coach doesn't have to run the defense. Coach doesn't have to fix the offense or figure it out and 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 spend a bunch of time on that. Coach can run the team. Coach can run the press conferences. Coach can do coach things instead of coordinator things, right? And that's what I think. If if I throw back out of Patricia, I throw back to Caldwell. I think he is the perfect example of that situation to a T. He had that team 
around, he had him wrapped around his finger. He was a great coach, a great leader of men, but he had nobody helping him and, and or doing much for him in his coordinator roles. And I think that's what sunk him. And it was his fault because of who he, he hired and keeping Ron Prince, the whole thing that that's on him. But that's why he's a nine and seven coach. Cause he doesn't know how to surround himself with the right kind of talent. I think Patricia maybe didn't have a great shot out of the gate to surround himself with the talent he wanted. Timing wasn't right. Whatever. I'm not saying keep him because of it. Right. But I'm saying now, if I take this historical look and I look back at how we've performed as a team with, and, and who our coordinators were, I'm putting a much, much bigger focus on these coordinators. You know, Sean McVay, young guy, came in, started coaching, and he could relate to these guys, right? He's young. He's right there around their age and kind of can relate to what it's like to be a gajillionaire at 25 years old or at a super young age. There's an element to that versus like Parcells coming in at 50 and saying, hey, back in my day, right? The whole thing. It's a different kind of head coach that you can bring in when you have Wade Phillips as a defensive coordinator and Eric B enemy is your offensive coordinator. So I'm going to say that I think a lot of the lions historic and current failures are lined up along the talent we had at those coordinator positions. Mm -hmm. So what are we going to do? I don't know. I don't know, but this is something that I'm going to spend a lot of time on. I'm going to dive in on more, and it's something I'm going to watch like a freaking hawk as we go through this process with uh, the end of this year, likely new coach and, and possibly new GM. This is, I think, going to be too – I think it's almost more important to have these coordinators than the head coach because they'll get the people out there to play. And as long as the coach isn't pure cancer – I think you'll have a good team. You know what I mean? The coach gets the credit, but I think it lands right there on those on those coordinators and and who we keep. Um 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 Hank Fraley, I don't want him to go anywhere. This guy is absolutely spectacular. Ryan Coombs, don't want him to go anywhere. He has brought the special teams uh, group back. And again, seeing Fraley out there and what he does, I don't care if you broom everybody else. And I do. There's there's a couple other people on here, but those two are absolute keepers for this team and that's the talent that we should really be grooming and building on this team is these coaches and these coordinators because this offensive line this year that was going to be such a shit show with Hank has suddenly become something that nobody expected nobody expected what we got and Hank Fraley I credit 100% with what he's done with that offensive line it's probably the one of the few things you can't point at and laugh at in this Lions right, team right. keep that damn coach and every time you find one at their position group that's just as good you keep them and you pay them a million I don't care how much it costs that's how you build a winner you got to build it from the inside coaches and the coordinators and then the head coach you make it so you, you, it doesn't matter it doesn't matter that any any numbskull could pick a head coach that's I think I'm putting a straight out there obviously but that's my my put my position and that's why uh, to take it all back to the beginning again i'm sold on wade phillips as our defensive coordinator because whoever's the coach sure. doesn't have to worry about the defense if he's there how crazy uh how another crazy. name to toss out <laughs> there before we move completely on to another topic is terrell austin uh 2014 2017 defensive coordinator Went to the Bengals as the defensive coordinator in 2018. That did not work out at all. 1,500 yards and three straight uh, games. Steeler, he got fired. a demotion uh, and went to the Steelers as senior defensive assistant, secondary coach, and has been there for the last two years. And while the Steelers are an okay team, that's not the strength of their team by any means. And, and people were talking about Terrell Austin as a potential head coaching candidate. 
at one point. So, but but that goes. We talk about some of the well. That goes back to 2014. The year that they inherited the talent of like an elite defense talent, and you know, it's the talent on those teams. People thought, well, yeah, we've got look at that's our number two receiver. Never played the NFL again, right? I mean, people were just judging by that kind of homer vision and seeing what we had in Detroit, and that's like, okay, these are professional level players. He's our number two, so he's probably a number two or number three elsewhere in the NFL. No, never plays again, right? You're looking at Terrell, and you're like, (laughs) Terrell's good, Terrell's good, look how we're doing. And he goes and gives up 1,500 yards in three games with his defensive scheme, so there you go. No, this this is a big deal. Um, offensive coordinator is who's available. I'm almost more worried or thinking more about that. I, like I said, I'm Wade Phillips all the way because I think he just solves the problem. I'm okay with that. Right? I would be okay with that. I, I, I think off- I'm, you and I don't always get on board with the same thing, but mm-hmm. I am on board with the Wade Phillips yep. thing. I want an offensive coordinator that is just as much a fire and forget. I want someone put him in there. You you you've built playbooks before. You've won before. You've had coached before. You've got good pedigree. I don't want. And then and then if that happens, I don't care if you get, you get Steve Spagnuolo or Raheem Morris as your head coach. I don't care because the foundational pieces for the players are there. All you got to do is not lose your players in the locker room and 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 stand in front of the press and 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 nod and not say dumb things. And I think that makes your job as head coach a heck of a lot easier. And and I'll tell you, Caldwell, for example. I think the reason he always had that dumb look on his face and couldn't fucking didn't know when to throw a red flag, didn't know when to call a timeout, right? And you're seeing a little bit of that, but not as bad from Patricia. Um, It's because they're dealing with so many other things that they shouldn't have to probably be dealing with as a head coach. And to be able to concentrate on that game management aspect and, and like I said, the things that a head coach does, that is a gift. And again... Wade Phillips, that's half your team taken care of. In the chat, anywhere else, anybody, give me some offensive coordinators. <laughs> give me the guy that solves that well, problem. I'm not 100% convinced, given that this is his first year here, were this coaching staff to get fired, and they, they were to bring in a new head coach, be it Wade Phillips or whoever, that Daryl Bevel is 100% out. Like if he got along with Wade Phillips, I'd be fine with keeping him around. And and I understand, you know, we already had somebody in the YouTube chat suggest they're not sold on Daryl Bevel. And it's not that I would argue with that. I think that's a fair, you know, question at this point. It's not perfect, but it is working sort of. <laughs> and he has most definitely had offenses that have worked. And I think, you know, under uh, give him a little time with the group. And and I think that he has the capability to make an offense work. So I'd be fine sticking with that. Then you then you have to find the defense mm-hmm. coordinator. And that's that's a tougher question. I don't know who out there right now is somebody that I really want in that role. But so Bevel is an interesting one. I, I, I don't have a reason to throw him out. You know what I mean? Right. Right. I do and I feel like he's a guy that can run the offense and not be a drain. I just don't feel like we're seeing everything we can out of this offense. And that's, that worries me now with a Wade Phillips defense. Maybe that's good enough. Right. Right. Maybe that's unlike this, this is unlike the Jim Bob Cooter situation in that if they kept bevel around, it would be because it was so it was, 
kind of working <laughs> as opposed to Jim Bob Cooter right. where they kept him around just because Stafford really liked him. Yeah. Like wanted to have a beer with him. <laughs> so climate is better window. <laughs> there it is. All right. That's been burning around my head for like a day and a half, like a, like a, just like a, a sloppy snowball bouncing around. And I, I had to get it off and, and tie some of those things together, but I've just, we always kind of point at the coaches and the head coaches, and we talk about the coordinators in passing, but I think there's not been enough weight placed on that role. And and I think in Lions land, like you, we look around, we hire these great position coaches as our head coach and think, yeah, they're going to take the next step. Why not hire great position coaches and then just bring in a coach that's that can manage a game, right? I mean, that's yeah. that might might be a better approach to this. It's it's certainly one that hasn't been tried in as long as I can remember in my lifetime. So, all right, um, there we are. Uh, maybe that's just kind of a lost cause or desperate situation that I'm holding on to. But I'll tell you, the patron saint of lost causes and desperate different situations of St. Jude and St. Jude is who we are helping out. I just had a conference call with them yesterday. Uh, Casey, you're going to be pretty cool. We have to talk about this. They're bringing a whole lot of cool digital stuff to the podcast, to the broadcast for the video. I think you guys are going to love how this turns out, what this looks like. We've got some really, really great stuff coming on that Uh, on November 6th, the 24 hours uh, podcast-a-thon. It's like a telethon. We're going to be raising money. We're going to have a bunch of different celebrities on there getting their sports group working on it. Um, we've got a couple Pistons lined up. Um, coach, maybe. Uh, a couple other people. we got some That's some cool. stuff lined up. We're, yeah, we're working for some good stuff. Got some uh, national people, Lions. We're keep, it's all moving. It's all moving. We've got a month here. You're just under a month to get it together. But November 6th starts at 9 a.m. in the morning. So what a great work day. You got your two monitors sitting there. <laughs> throw us up on one. Put your earbuds in and act like you're doing spreadsheets in the other, right? That's, that's the name of the game on a Friday. Uh, we're going all day. And through the night until 9 a.m. the next day, and every penny we raise is going to St. Jude. And we're trying to get donations of things there as well to put at the charity auction. We've got a good start. Um, Mitch, who had already got us two signed Galladay jerseys, is now getting a signed helmet as well for the auction. I've told you guys there's a, guys, there's a house in the mountains of Colorado, a ski house that's going to be there for a week that's going to be on auction. There's a lot of really really good killer stuff that we're going to have available uh, for this charity auction. But we want more. We've got a $25,000 um, top we're looking for. That's what we're trying to raise for these guys this year. It's a big deal. So help uh, help us out. November 6th for the podcast-a-thon. Then it'll be a month after that till the 18th of December will be the uh, the auction. So bid those things up. Oh, I Prevail's coming. The whole band's going to be here. Nice. I, I want to see if I can get them to do an auction. We get a performance? That would be awesome. That's that what I'm trying. I'm working would really on an acoustic set That would really right be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> working on some, like I said, some really, really cool stuff for you guys. That's the kind of thing that could end up going viral and put us over. So. Yeah, yeah. So um, really, really good stuff. All right. Let's get on to the next thing. Um, there was a great graphic that came up, and we want to talk about it, about the Lions' defense right now, our defensive mastermind, as I referred to him easier earlier. Again, I said that because we don't really know because we haven't gotten all of his mind to focus on defense. So just just don't take it the way Case did. It was just... <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm all nervous anymore. You never take the way I take it. (laughs) Yeah, you see him bouncing back there. All right. (laughs) So there's a graph. It's got all 32 NFL teams on it. Um, It's got the pass-rush win ratio and the run-stop win ratio with all the teams on a chart. And I have to tell you, 
we are as far as run stop the lions are only slightly below average right that's the good news uh <laughs> when you look at the uh pass pass rush not only are the lions dead last as far as and and below average it's by a significant portion yeah i mean it's like yeah. over 10% yeah difference between us and the giants on the pass rush. Yeah. What in the heck? What? What? What in the heck? <laughs> What's going on with this defense? This is not Corey Unlin. I mean, I'm not going to I'm not going to throw him under the bus here. I just don't know what he's even doing cuz the defense doesn't really look different, right? Um it may, if anything it looks a little worse this year. Um, maybe Pasqualoni was the, the was the uh, the galaxy brain we needed on that defense. I don't know. Um, this is just not this is not okay. I mean, this is this is horrible. This is horrific. Um, how do you fix this? Because the players themselves aren't terrible. Case they're just not winning. Yeah, and everything is connected to everything else in the NFL. And if you're, you know, familiar with these, you know, the, all the tropes and all the cliches, you know, you set up the run by passing or vice versa, that kind of thing. Um, Our run defense is so bad that they have to try to, put extra guys on run defense and then teams pass on them. And I think that honestly, honestly, I think that's a big part of why the pass rush fails is because they're trying to stop the run so hard. They can't afford to put in guys to, uh, they can't afford to do the pass rush full tilt. They're so worried about being conservative about, uh, and not allowing them to be gashed by runs because they are, getting gashed by runs so much that they just can't, they, they can't do anything. Well, uh, it, it is monumentally frustrating to watch. I think part of it. <clears throat> number one is uh, Jared Davis. It's, it's all about linebackers here, right? I mean, I think yeah, that's really I won't argue. He is. I want to start with Jared Davis as a problem because I hate that. I really like Jared Davis. Yeah. I want such good things for him, but what you're not you, wrong. What do you see? Number one, the it's an unguided missile. So he he blasts past the tackle. You haven't seen it as much this year. Hasn't played as much this year, but even when he has played, haven't really seen that. But he's a guy I think that they really, really expected to do a lot of rushing and sacking from the linebacker position for him. Mm-hmm. I really believe he, he did. Unfortunately, you can't have a guy like that that the only time he's on the field is when he's going to rush through the line and blast the line and go after the quarterback because you kind of give away your strategy there right. and you, everyone knows what you're going to do. Um, so it's, it, you, you, you just can't do that. It's like playing with Theo Riddick, right? You know he's not running between the tackles. You just know it. Um, so Jared Davis didn't pan out. And then he got Jelani Tavai with his super speed. Uh, he wearing his flash wings, shoes, <laughs> lumbering across. Love the guy. Really, really want him to succeed. Nice cat. Did the taste of the lions when he was a, it was a rookie. Really, really good guy. The whole thing. I mean, just a, a, a cool dude. Um, enjoys the nightlife I hear around Detroit. Just not very fast. And a lot of times, take the processor is processing when the action is happening and that's just not good in this defense they need to be able to read react and adjust on the fly and they're not doing those things 
Um, yeah, Jared Davis is all airspeed and no heading. <laughs> exactly. Um, pretty, pretty crazy. Pretty crazy, right? Um, you look at ever since Levy's been gone from the linebacker core, we've been hurting. Um, we've <sighs> never been able to so much. We've ne- losing him put us behind. I think schedule on building that core back up, and then Jared Davis hurt us again. And now Tavai was. They thought Davis had more, so they could go lower in the draft, and they picked a lot to buy and outthought themselves, and we wound up with what we got now. Um, this is, it's, this is just, this is just terrible. And so, a couple of linebackers, I saw it in the, um, yeah, a couple times. We're two linebackers away, or yeah, two linebackers away from being a very yeah. good D. Yeah, two linebackers plus a defensive line, cornerbacks, and safeties. No, I don't think so, George. I think this team has a lot more to offer. Um, than, than just that. So, I mean, it's it's fun to knock on them for sure, but I think it's not as bad. I think our secondary is in great shape. I think our line is okay. I think our linebackers do a terrible job of supporting both. Uh, Got to give some love to Loretto Martin. Thank you, man, for the uh, the super chat. Um, and I'll leave this question to you. I'll, pay, I'll, bear, I'll pose Loretto's question to you, Case. Is our scheme really that complicated, or is JD football smarts not as great as his I wish that it was the former, but I, I truly think that Jared Davis just isn't, he doesn't see it the way we thought he was going to see it. And it was so frustrating because we were sold on him as a draft pick on, um, not necessarily that his instincts were great, but that he had the work ethic to become great and I don't think his work ethic has ever been the issue, but no. he just didn't have the natural mental ability to do things, uh, to, to predict things in the way that we want him to. It sucks because physically he has everything yeah. that we want. He has enough speed. He has the ability to shed blockers, but he's always a step late or going the wrong direction or not. He just can't quite figure it out. It's yeah. it's he is maybe, you know, short of Eric Ebron. He might be the most frustrating Lions pick for me over the last decade. Only because he's still around because T's Tabor, if he was still around, <laughs> I'd, well, I'd be But T's Tabor it. wasn't a first-round pick. No, no, I, he, I get it. Fair. He was a second-round pick. But Jared Davis was a first-round pick, and he was a pick that I believed in because I saw a lot of really good things in what he was bringing to the table, and they just have – none of them have come to fruition. Yeah, yeah, that's it's 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 been a mess. So the defensive line has taken a lot of heat, probably more heat that the line needs. It's just that these linebackers are just it's it is all linebacking and it's part talent and it's part scheme because it's really really a difficult scheme and you got to know when things happen on the field, you have to adjust to those things. And it's it's I don't want to say it's like a, a receiver learning a playbook and a route tree, but it kind of is. Right, you you have to be able to react to numbers of situations and be able to change things up on the fly as a as a group, not just one guy. Right, the group of people need to, and one guy or two guys misses it, then you get all kinds of problems. Then then the world becomes what you have. You get what you have here last week, which is the way he wants it. So, or it could go. Get what you fucking deserve. Thank you, thank you, Joker. Um, all right, with that. 
We got that covered. Wow, look at us go. Uh, fantasy. Casey, you want to talk a little about, bit about fantasy this week? Um, go ahead. How are you doing? How are you doing? I am doing perfectly <laughs> level. <laughs> um, I, in one league, in our keeper league, the, the Slack keeper league we put together, I was first overall pick, which means I didn't draft again until 24. And first overall pick, of course, is Christian McCaffrey. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I built a team. That explains a lot. You don't have to say a lot more than that. I did Chris. handcuff. <laughs> I did handcuff the running back there and got Davis, so I'm doing fine. But Because uh, he's still scoring pretty decent. But oh, yeah. I built a team for basically like next year and the year after. Like nobody was over 23. Right. It was, it was, I was, I was set to really, I was going to have a good year this year, but go going forward, I was going to be able to kill it. And now injuries are just tearing me to pieces. Injuries Oof. are killing me. And then, they, and then the not having time because my whole life is, is scheduled. Um, the whole switching games and COVID I've got, I'm going to lose in one league this week because Jerry Judy is not playing. And um, I won the other one, but I did it without playing a defense at all because the Patriots were, were put away. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. This, that, that, the whole COVID thing is jacking, jacking my wagon. I was the only person to draft anybody other than a lion in the NFC North at their like recommended draft position. Right, right, right. I think everybody else in my league, which is which is a unofficial Detroit Lions podcast league. Uh, Ash is in it. I didn't draft a lion listeners. in mine either. I think I got uh, Huntley just be like at Atlanta. Well, I no, I do. I do actually have DeAndre Swift. But and and Matt Prater. Oh, look at you! But, like those were those were both. Um, I mean, DeAndre Swift. I got below ADP. I, w- I was surprised that I got hmm. DeAndre Swift. <laughs> but um, I still haven't played him. I haven't had a reason to. Yeah. But uh, I'm three and two, or, or I will be mm-hmm. after the game tonight. Uh, I would be four and one. Week two, I lost by two yards. Because of the Darren Waller 28-point game. So, things are going well. Um, I am theoretically number four in the standing. So, I am in the playoffs. And I I don't see that changing anytime soon. So, uh, I'm coming for y'all. I I told you guys that was... uh, I'm three and two in all my leagues. (laughs) (laughs) I'm three and two in all my leagues. I'm as good as you are twice. All right. Uh-huh. <laughs> so interesting stuff. Um, fun stuff. Any uh, sleepers you have this week for anybody to pick up for fantasy? Well, I, here's the thing. I, I'm going to say this, and then there are people in my league listening to this, but I put in waiver. I, I put in claims for both Fulgham and uh, Claypool yep. uh, to drop a couple guys on my bench that weren't doing very much. Um, I am. Uh, doubtful that I'll get either of them because I suspect they'll both get snatched up. I also put in a claim for um, da, 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 tight end. Who was the tight end? I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to drop Hig or uh, I was trying to get rid of Higby because Higby is not doing it for me. Right. The Rams tight end Higby. Yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember who I put in a move for. Uh, Hang on. Hunter Henry. Hooper. Somehow Austin Hooper for the Browns is available. 
who was uh, maybe the best, uh, the highest scoring tight end in the league last year is somehow available in my league. So. Yeah, some people are are interesting um, not looking at the Browns just because it's the Browns. Right. And, and they're looking pretty pretty good this year. So, all right, we'll move on from the fantasy. Let's take a look ahead at this Jacksonville game. This is one where the Lions are slightly ahead. And, folks, you'll be able to get the Friday show. We do the Friday show with uh, Tony Ortiz and Jeff Risden where we'll do the game preview. We'll go more in depth. But uh, we got to let Case have his go at the Jacksonville Jaguars. What do you think, buddy? Are you going with Vegas? <clears throat> yeah, I am. Um, I do think that the Jaguars are in a worse situation than the Lions. I think that they are truly defeated and can't figure out how to make anything work. Um, the Lions have been close in every game this year, except for the Packers game. Uh, the Jaguars just can't. I, I mean, they're they're one and four. I, I and they have. As a quote I saw, Gardner Minshew looked defeated and not just literally defeated, but defeated as in that he didn't know what they could do better. They don't have an offense. They really don't. Uh, there was the one game out of their, out of their backup Robinson after uh, their, the, who's their running back that got hurt. Oh God! No, you're testing me. This the is a big one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, regardless, <laughs> uh, Minshew just looks like he has no he has no more answers, and I don't think he's bad per se. But I think Minshew deserves like like in terms of his talent level, he should be a backup in the NFL. He shouldn't be a starter. And that's the situation they're dealing with. They have they have a terrible receiving core. They have a backup as a starter at quarterback. They have backup at running back. They they just don't have an offense. And they have a couple good things going for them on defense. But uh, this is a game where if the Lions do lose, it it adds all the fuel to the fire of fire fire Patricia right away. That you pro- probably need like that that turns the tide for me <laughs> if they lose this game it's a tide turner they should win this game they should absolutely win this game yeah yeah no there's no questions about it um there we go i was looking for this is the best opportunity for a win that they're gonna have all year so <laughs> you think so I think the Falcons are right up there too. I mean, yeah, you're not wrong, but at least the Falcons have uh, Matty Ice, and he's like not playing his best. But yeah, they don't have a the coach. Jaguars are worse. Believe me, the Jaguars are worse. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, coach. I don't know. Uh, you got you got the Jags. You got them. You come. You got the uh, Vikings, who are questionable but getting better. It seems like Washington. You have there. Um, the Texans are now without a coach as well. Things are are, are going to be funny there. I'm not really a, a huge um, believer in Romeo Crennel. Um, look at his defense, what he's done here. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, I I just look. Here's here's where I'm at, folks. We're going to win some games this week. Okay. We are going to go ahead and um, do all the right stuff. Um, this this year as as we can. We're not keeping the coach. 
Okay, I, I, we're just not. We've got the the December Mama meter right now. We're right here, um, as we were. It's been a bye week. We lose to the Jags. You can watch that thing just drop. Right, that thing's gonna just pummel uh, him in the head. We're gonna have a new coach next year. If you don't know that, if you don't, if you haven't heard that, it's just the way it is. It's just the way it's gonna be. They're not keeping these guys. Chris, now, what if we win the next three games? We win the next three. Doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter. We're gonna wind up because look. Here, the, the, here's the off chance, right? We win not only the next three, because the Colts would be the third one. That would be a big one. Uh, win in Minnesota. Say we lose in Minnesota, but the win against the the Washington and the Panthers even at home. And the Texans, what do we want? We want it's going to take nine wins. I think it's going to take this team nine wins to keep, keep the coaches here. I really do. Um, I would have thought, and we talked about it, not just what the record was, but how they got to that record. Well, I told you eight and eight. But I mean, if they, the way things started off, if they start racking up wins and get to eight and eight, they're going to look like they did a great job over the stretch. So no, 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 I don't agree with you. No, no, they're not. Because <laughs> remember, there's there's context here. And oh, of course, there's context. Caldwell, but that's not going to be that's, the Caldwell, public isn't going to look Caldwell at context. Got fired for going nine and seven. He won a lot of games. He couldn't mm-hmm. win the games against good teams. That mm-hmm. was the knock that was really the one that took it out mm-hmm. from under Caldwell. Well, look where we are. We're going to win against some really bad teams, right? Mm-hmm. But you can't win against the good teams. I think there's no question that if this season plays out as you predict by looking at the schedule right now, right? Easy game, easy game, easy game. Okay, we're going to win those. Oh, uh, Bears, who knows because we're in Chicago. Packers will lose. Titans will probably lose if they can play. Buccaneers probably feels like a loss. Right, but we got it at home, so maybe, and then we get the Vikings. The, you just you look at the schedule. Well, we and have see eight, eight at the best. I, I don't even see nine wins. Right, it would have to be a miracle for us to even get nine wins this year. We and have I don't five ga- or three games. Excuse me, three games of our last five are against division foes. Yep. That's you know, I mean, and one of them that will, will away, determine everything. You know, if they have an eight and eight record, but they win two of those three games That's against cool. division foes. I I I think they're safe. I think I think I think know. if they beat the Bears and the Vikings, that doesn't save them. If they go eight, and I don't eight. know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. I agree with you. Yeah, no, that's okay. That's okay. I don't think it does. I think they have to go nine wins this year, uh, or they're gone. They go eight and eight and somehow get into the playoffs, but they're not going to right because they lost everybody else. We should talk about the same subject in two weeks if they win a couple games. If they lose a couple games, I don't think we have to talk about it at all because they're going to be fired anyway. Yeah. You know, by that point. Yeah. Right, uh, November 1st. <laughs> but if they November win 1st. a couple games over the next couple of weeks, then we should have this conversation again. I'd be interested to see how you feel at that point. Yeah, yeah. No, I no. think I think I think these are I think these things are fluid. I think the no. fan base feelings are fluid. So. I, I agree. And, and and I'm not basing it on, on where the fans are. I it's I didn't I took a lot of heat at the beginning of the year because I didn't base it on where the the gestalt of right. the, 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 where it was, and and I was actually don't give in to that. I was told in Reddit, <laughs> read the room. I was like, what? Read the room? Oh, you mean be a little lackey? Yeah, I saw that <laughs> comment. Whack, yeah, whack, read the room. Okay, yeah, sure thing, Jack. Uh, read Jack your Jack ass. Um, but no, I look at this and I think about it in the in the context of who we're beating, and I don't think you can beat the easy teams. And lose to the hard teams and then get two division wins, especially if it's the Vikings and the Bears. I don't think that saves their jobs. 
Because even if they come back eight and eight, they're still not as good as they were with the last last coaching staff, and they haven't beaten the games. The games. So if I'm the Fords, I need butts and seats, right? Let's let's be let's be straight honest about where where's where's the real gravy in owning a team. That's that's just the that's the gravy on top. That's all the free money, right? The the butts and seats of the state. You're making tons of money on the TV rights and everything else, but it's selling beers for ten bucks a pop and that kind of crap where you make real real dough. Um. If they had been playing in Ford Field this year, okay, and had this Bears, Packers, Cardinals, Saints run and the fans where they are now, okay, it's no different than where the fans were last year when they sold all the, the tickets to Dallas fans and Dallas was louder at Ford Field and the cheering for Dallas and the, the chants for Dallas were louder than anything you heard for the Lions. The Fords do not want that. They were punishing their season ticket holders before COVID made them have to kind of pull their balls back a little bit. They do not want this team to not sell those tickets, and this team would not be selling tickets right now. And I don't care if they beat the Jags, Falcons, Vikings, Panthers, and 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 um, Washington football team. That's not going to be enough. It's not going to be enough. And, and the Bears, and I said the Vikings already. It doesn't matter. It's not going to be enough. If they beat the Packers... Surprise, surprise, but if they lose all the other games, it doesn't mean anything. It's just a fluke because anybody can win on a given Sunday. So that's where I'm at. With this team right now, where the, the coaches, it's all about meaningful games in December. That's what was said. And you're right. If they don't win the next couple it's games, so funny. It's, it's over. It's so funny to me. If they win me. a couple games, they might get to December, but that's not going to keep them. Go ahead. It's so funny to me that I've been, that all of a sudden here I'm sitting on the, uh, but what if they start winning games uh, thing? Because over the last few weeks, I've been saying, you know, uh, I've been saying negative things. I know that uh, I, I tried to toss, you know, enough positive stuff in there to uh, satiate, you know, that, that, that part of our lives. We need that. We need, we need some hope. We need some, you know, whatever. No, we do. Um, we do. But now, but but I didn't actually believe that. I I believe this this coaching staff was on the out and out, and and now here I sit saying, well, what if we win? You know, three of the next four games. Um. No, I don't think a bye <laughs> week is going to make this this defense recoverable. And and George in the chat, he's saying there's a big danger of winning against poor teams and thinking you're a good team. Right. No, and, and I agree with that. I absolutely agree with that. That's thought. what we're facing is a bunch of bad teams now for about five yeah. weeks in a yeah. row um, yeah. until, until we get the Panthers and we get them at home and who knows what shape they're going to be in. Um, but we need to remember that we said that that's, that's the important we thing. Always do. You and I and everybody <laughs> listening, we need to remember that we said that because it'll be easy after a couple wins to forget that we said that and to immediately jump back on the bandwagon because they looked good. They, we, and we talk and we think they looked good but they looked good against a bad team. Yep. Yep. Um, Oh, here we go. Loretto's back at it. Thank you, Loretto so much for the super chat. You are, you are a super, super dude. And I won't argue with what he's saying either. I definitely can't agree with you. A catch in the bears game and a catch in the saints game makes us three and one. And it's that closeness and COVID that saves them. Even if my heart says fire them now, I'm, I'm God, I'm so with you. But in both those games, Loretto, and 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 I don't let me like wreck it, okay? Because I don't. I, I I last thing I want to be is Uncle Eddie, right? You know, we talked about who Uncle Eddie was last week. But those as as 
as close as we were. Remember, we gave away 14 points in the in the uh, New Orleans game, so we were more than a catch away, right? We were we were five touchdowns in a row that were scored against us away, and then there's the whole idea of in Chicago we had a double digit lead there and choked that one out again against a really bad team. So, man, I, I Loretto, if you're right. I'm going to super chat you back. I'm going to refund your super chat <laughs> and I'll give you one, one to you because you deserve it. Cause I, I love, I love that kind it's of double or nothing up here. Yeah. 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 I love that kind of, um, that kind of hope and, and, um, belief in the team. I'm just, I'm at the point now where I'm looking and I know we knew we'd be one and three at the buy. We knew we would. We said it at the beginning. We were hoping to get out two and two at the buy. We're where we thought we would be. So I get that it's like maybe it's really not that bad, but I can't let the Colts. I think is our our next real test. We have to win against the Jags. We have to win against the Falcons. If we lose to either either of those teams, done, 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 done. Um, the Colts is the next real test, and um, that's the one that's gonna be. I think, like I said, November first. Saying it for a month and a half. All right. <laughs> Anything about that, my friend? No, I got you. All right. And uh again, Loretto man, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Love love the love the the passion because we need we need that um to help keep us together too. All right. Uh let's see. Quick quick shout out for DLP clips. You can go to Detroit Lions podcast on the YouTube and on our channel there and see the uh what are those called? The uh, the clips. They're smaller clips of the show. It's not the whole show all at once. And it's for folks to to get a. If you don't have all the time, you got some time. You can get uh, little bite sized chunks, anywhere from five to ten minutes long, and uh, you listen to the show that way. That's uh, a really good way to go. And then you uh, can enjoy that. Um, okay, so the yeah, DLP clips. That's on. The, there's a playlist called Clips on the uh, on the sh- on the. Uh, YouTube uh, Detroit Lions podcast channel. And then there is a channel. If you go to bit.ly slash DLP clips, you go over there, you can go check it out and you can subscribe and then only get the clips, right? We prefer you subscribe to both channels though, because it really, 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 really does help us. All right. We're going to call her, call her. What's your name and how much have you had to drink? Hey, this is Chris R calling back. Oh God, this guy's a tanker. All right. Hey, what's up? My best drunk. No, I'm just joking. What's going on, Chris? How you doing, brother? <laughs> uh, I'm doing pretty good. I just had a really long night last night doing some pretty in-depth research on our Long night. Yeah, buddy. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> doing research, doing research. It's a research long night. So what, what, what were we researching? Uh, so I was trying to figure out why Matthew Stafford has kind of really been struggling. Um, and, and I saw that Daryl Bevel did an interview and he was talking about the footwork, which he, I remember you mentioned and he was after the Chicago game. Yep. So I was like, okay, what, what's going on here? Is this backed up on film and is this backed up on paper? And when I was going through some of the paper stuff, I found some pretty interesting things here. Uh, so I'll start with this. When the Lions are in the lead, or well, actually, okay, we'll do it this way first. If the Lions are tied or behind, so like we're not leading. Right. Matthew Stafford this year, really good. 64% completion rate, uh, about like nine yards or so per uh, attempt. Five to two TDINT ratio. Uh, things like these, basically like right on, on pace with what you would expect, right? Mm-hmm. 
when the team has the league, Stafford 51% completion rate with the average yards per attempt of 4.5. So that's that's a really big drop off. Like you want to see 60%. He's like 8%, 8 8.5% below what you want to see from him when the team has the lead. And so I did even more research. Okay, is this something that continues in the fourth quarter? Maybe it's like a part of the reason we're, we're losing games late. Exactly the same thing. Not as dramatic, but when Stafford throws 31 or more passes, he has a 47% completion rate and a 0 to 1 TD INT ratio. Hmm. And then same thing with the fourth quarter. Take a look at his, his quarter stats, the stats by quarter. Very similar. First quarter, not really all that great, but he hasn't thrown an interception. 3 to 0 TD, INT rate, 52% completion percentage. Actually, as high as QBR. Uh, second quarter, great. 70%, 2 to 1 INT rate, 9 yards per complete, or nine yards per attempt. Third quarter, not bad, but not great. 63% completion rate, 2 to 1 TD, INT rate, 87 QB rating. Fourth quarter, 58.7% completion rate, so again, below that 60% mark. One-to-one TD-to-INT ratio, seven sacks, and a QBR. So Stafford, like, as the game goes on, he's getting worse and worse and all culminating a disastrous fourth quarter, specifically when he has to throw a lot of passes. So his back is, so speculation, right? His back is getting worse and worse as he's putting more... Game stress on that's, it. That's part of it, I think. Part of it is also play calling issues late in games, running the ball a lot, and teams are setting up to defend the run. So they're loading that box, defending that short pass. <clears throat> Stafford on passes more than 10 yards down the field. This is like, uh, this is stuff he was great at last year, even historically. He's 5 of 17, excluding the Cardinals game. On pa- or not the Cardinals game, the Bears game. On passes more than 10 yards downfield. That's like a 30, 29% completion rate on passes beyond the first down marker. He was like over 60% last year. Hmm. So I don't think it's all necessarily footwork. I don't think it's all necessarily arm. Part of that, of course, goes to receivers not being able to separate. Uh, I go into a little bit more detail on why his red zone struggles are the way they are in the article. I, I, Submitted for editing. Part of that is tight ends. Uh, so there's all kinds of very interesting factors once you get into the, the depth and the details and the analytics there. And it's one of the reasons why I'm the most optimistic about the Lions rebounding. I mean, do we really think that Stafford is going to be 47% when the game is on the line in the fourth quarter the rest of the year? Most likely not. Uh, so it Hopefully gives me a little bit of hope worse. that maybe the offense can hold those leads uh, if, going if, forward. Well, if he's fading during games, wouldn't it hold that as a hypothesis he would continue then to fade as the season wears on as well? It's a possibility, but I think that part of this too is the rush factor and the lack oh. of offseason. He hadn't played in however many games since week eight or nine of last year. Uh, so I think part of it could be the the rebound from that, if this were the a normal regular season, this would be week one. I'm pretty four I, games preseason. I, and, and I hope I'm wrong, but I'm pretty hard on the something's wrong with Stafford train right now. 
because and I mean, at I'm, first I'm, I thought it was the 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 the, the preseason and lack of a preseason, but he was in game four, right? And he they never play game four of the of the preseason, right? He they play he plays he plays two yeah. quarters, three quarters, and then he plays a half, and uh, so he gets maybe a game worth you know four quarters worth of time in in the preseason, and then it's time to go. And we've got now we've gone into four games, and this last game was against what is it seven out of eleven men missing um on the on the defensive or on the uh Saints side of the ball uh it's it's it was it was an un inexcusable failure of our offense and I'll say it again yeah. well they scored thirty five in a row for us well yeah because we couldn't stay on the field on offense we could not yeah. own the clock we couldn't move the ball we and and so what's happening your defense is out there just which is already bad enough, right? And part of the game plan for this team, if 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 you look at how it is, um, at the beginning of the year, was the offense is going to keep the defense out of trouble because they're going to have some ball control the way Bevel runs his offense, yep. right? It's not the the Scott Linehan offense where he's throwing it and we we're done with the ball in five minutes and our tired defense is back on the field. We got ball control here. That's what we're trying to do. Seeing all that and seeing that our offense can't do that again, I I. I Absolutely love the man Matthew Stafford, but we seriously, as a fan base, I hope it's not true, but I think we seriously have to consider what the situation is if he's not going to be back to Matthew Stafford. If this is the new, you know, Matthew Stafford 2.0 or the new normal or whatever you want to call it anymore in in, in 2020, but I think this is a real possibility that we have to consider as Lions fans right now. I hate it. I absolutely hate it because this kid's had a great career that's been hamstrung by terrible teams and coaches and, and surrounding staff and all that. He deserves so much more. But if it's the other side of it is is when he was great, I was mad about the rest of the team. If he's not going to be the one, we got to we've got to get somebody else in who can. We got to. Yep. And, and continuing off the point you make about the defense too, the defense is top top ten in points per game allowed in the fourth quarter. So it's not the fourth quarter defense that's the issue. Now, to be fair, the defense sucks in the middle of the game in the right. second, third quarter. Oh, yeah. And defense is everywhere suck right this year, though. Fine. Let's, and let's be fair. Ours, ours is particularly sucky, but defenses everywhere suck right? In, in this year. Right? right? I mean, it's just the yep. nature of the league. So while you see how bad ours is, it's incrementally worse than the rest of the teams. It's not like an absolute yeah. dumpster fire like we think it is. But the the other side of it is, is, again, point to the offense and say, when defenses are playing so poorly, why are we not scoring more points? Yep. And then even the Saints game, like we brought up the 35 minutes of points, the first 10 minutes of the game and the last 25 minutes of the game, we didn't allow anything. Mm-hmm. All 35 of their points came in that middle of the game. Like, the defense in the fourth quarter shut down. Like, we didn't allow a single point after the 10-minute mark in the third quarter. Okay. So, like, I mean, you just you got to make up a little bit of that, that deficit there if you're on the offensive side. We just we only had, like, three possessions in the fourth quarter. Yep. All right, hey, I'm going to let you go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, riff on something else I've been thinking about here really quick, but it won't be near as long as the last one. Uh, but, Chris, you got an article coming awesome. out on Detroit Lions Podcast this week on yep. Thursday, so everyone check it out, DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Cool. Thank you, Chris. Yep, sounds good. Oops. Sorry. <laughs> I, just, I didn't mean to do that. I thought it was like, there's a pause. That was, was so like, mean. Oh, God. I, I, I actually look like a jerk, and I was trying to be nice. That's what I was all right, here's I'm gonna go back to an oldie, but a good thank you, Chris. <laughs> um, it's been more and more prevalent in what I'm seeing this year. So, so I've asked this question. I asked it of Orlovsky. 
Um, I've asked it of a couple people that were in the know, and they all said, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Is there something about how Matthew Stafford throws the ball, right, that, that, that causes and, and has resulted in so many drops? I'm going to put something out there that I, I, it's not about drops, but there's something about how Matthew Stafford throws the ball that I think we haven't talked about or taken into account, and I want everyone to watch the, the game this week, all right? And uh, we'll talk about it next week. We'll take calls. We'll talk about it. I want you to watch it too, Case. Mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford always throws a frozen rope, right? Uh, mm-hmm. The only time when there's a real arc on that ball is when it's going 40 year, 50 yards downfield, right? And then mm-hmm. it's got a big old rainbow on it. But if He's you're gotten going, better with those if you're short going yardage touch yards or less. Back in 2011. 15 but. yards or less, it's on a rope. And I've seen a lot of this in the last <clears> week and a half of watching football in the bye week where I'm watching quarterbacks with a touch pass, throw it over the defender and drop it in, and just right soft into that basket. I watched uh, Drew Brees do it. watched Drew Brees do it against us, right? We never, ever see that kind of pass. Yes, he's gotten better. We he, haven't seen it this year. not I'll agree with that. good at it. Matt, and last year was really the only year we kind of saw any of that, and, and yeah. he, you, you could tell it wasn't natural for him. Right. Every time he sure. tried to do a touch pass, sure. you could see he was like, uh, it was, it was a, I don't, I can't describe sure. it, but it was kind of funny. Sure. It wasn't natural for him. Matthew Stafford doesn't throw a touch ball. And I'm wondering, I this, so, don't so, think I can argue with that. If you think about it, you're always shooting a bullet at something, right? You've taken away a third dimension of, of, of where the ball can go to yeah. a receiver. Yeah. And that's where you talk about, oh, the Stafford windows, he's pounded through. Oh, there's no separation. Well, because you've taken away a whole dimension of, of, of an angle where the ball can come in because of the way he delivers the ball. And I think that may be one of the things that we give him all this great credit. And again, I don't, I'm not here to rip on him, but I think it takes away from his ability and his success as a quarterback, his inability to throw a touch pass like that, uh, that I see so many, like a Drew Brees, right, the softest hands, I guess, in the, in the NFL throwing a ball. But a lot of these guys, you can see Aaron Rodgers throwing this nice little fucking you know, rainbow that's eight yards out over the top of a defender, drops it in, and boom, they go. You don't get that. He's got to blast it past the defender or between his hands every time. That's how balls get batted. That's how you get incompletions. That's how you're firing into contested catches all the time. There's something, there is something about how Matthew Stafford throws the ball. It may not necessarily be the drops, but I think maybe that could still be part of it because if everything's a freaking bullet in a contested space, you're going to lose more balls. I feel like there's like five different angles come at this topic with um, he doesn't have receivers that get open. Right. Uh, so there's that. So he doesn't he's have the speed to, to outrun any of the corners. Right, right, right. right, right. Yeah. He, we have not had the speed guy, uh, period. Uh, we've had contested catch receivers from Golden oh. Tate to Calvin Johnson to Marvin Jones to Kenny Galladay that that's. All four of those guys are contested catch, you know, maestros. That's like their thing. Even so Calvin. he's accustomed to throwing in, into a, you know, a, a dangerous situation. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and think there's about, a lot. There's a lot to unpack there. Think about. And I don't that's know. What I said next week, right? But think about yeah. early in his career how many interceptions he got. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. No, he absolutely was. It was putting him into those contested spots, those really tight spots. And this ain't college anymore. 
These guys yeah. are a lot better, right? I I, yeah. I think there's something to this. We'll uh we'll we'll unpack it a little more. But like you said, right? That's 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 just a different yeah. different thing to think about. Yeah. And I want all you guys to think about it this week, and you can bring it to us, and we'll have a good conversation next week, respectful the way we like to do it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, really quick, gotta talk about fanatics. Go get your Lions gear, your Pistons gear, your uh, U of M gear. Uh, don't get your Gators gear. No Florida Gators stuff right now. They're on a pause. <laughs> They paused their season just today. Uh, but all your college pro sport gear is available at fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com. That will take you straight through. That URL will take you straight through to the Fanatics site. It just gives you a little cookie on your uh, in your browser to say, hey, Case and Chris sent you. And uh, they split the profit. Well, they don't split it, but they give us a percentage of the profits. And uh, helps the show keep running, helps pay for all the stuff we do, helps keep us going. Uh, same thing with Amazon, amazon.detroitlionspodcast.com. How hard is it, right? You want to go to Amazon? Amazon.detroitlionspodcast.com. You want CBD? CBD.detroitlionspodcast.com. Uh, you want to you you check out the old uh, fanatics? You want to get your merchandise? Fanatics.detroitlionspodcast. There's, there's a trend here. I think people are probably catching on by now. Uh, any one of those helps us out that gives a kickback on, this, on the uh, anything you pick up. So thank you, everyone, who uh, does use those links. And lastly, on DetroitLionsPodcast.com, we have a link to the merch store. Uh, right in the hamburger button if you're on a phone or right in the top menu if you're, you're doing it from your... Uh, desktop or laptop or whatever um we got some great shirts uh i didn't put the one i just the one with caldwell's face on it and this was on the uh, q called up during the post game show he said you gotta you gotta do um caldwell's face and the hashtag say my name underneath it and i, I mean I, la- I laugh so hard but i just know that it's just in it's not as thoughtful as it should be so i i didn't do the shirt but um i do have a miss me yet one that I put together with Caldwell. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, all right. That's that's that. Really quick, got to say hey to Dan. Dan hit us with a super chat. He predicts a week six fire sale. The Jags get the right game. Well, well, well. Let's see how that plays out. Uh, that will be that will be interesting to see how that goes. Uh, the Jags win, and boy, the, the whole the whole thing is burning down. Yeah, I'm not sure there's any way anyone comes back from that. I think the Jags, this game is a, yeah, I just, I truly think that if they lose to the Jags, it's the, it's the end of the rope for a lot of people. So, yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's the end of the rope. Yeah, yeah, period. Maybe Fraley can coach the team. The offensive coordinators seem to do really well when they step into head coaching positions. <laughs> right. All right. So with that, uh, Case, he's got his running shoes on, and he is going to do that little dancey, runny, crazy thing that he does, and he's going to take us around the division. division. Don't fuck around. I love that. I'm, one of these times, I'm just going to let that play out for a long <laughs> time. Um, the bouncy chair is a must-have now. That's, <laughs> I, I would it's get a good backup. addition. I'll let her. I'll let Britta know. She'll appreciate that. I'm. Uh... <laughs> I will. Uh, we have to get you a backup. And and I got to You know those. <laughs> uh, what are these things called? Okay, so this is part of it. Sorry, I talked to my friends at St. Jude. I got to tell you one of the things that we're doing. God darn, what are they called? I know the name of them, and I just have to look it up because I wrote it down. Um, Bean Boozled. Have you seen those? Mm -mm. So they're jelly beans, right? And some of them are flavored like vomit, 
Some of them are flavored. So it's like uh, every flavor be uh, uh, bots, every flavor. Harry Potter fans yeah, know what exactly. I'm talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and they made those kind of jelly beans too. Uh, St. Jude is going to ship those to us. And every time we get in a certain level donation, we've got to eat one of those. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I can deal with that. that. That's going to be pretty funny. Um, you don't okay. want to see me vomit on camera. So I'm going to have a backup bouncy ball for you going to have bean boozles for you and I'm going to have a garbage can next to you so you can catch anything that you got coming. All right. Take us around the division, man. How you doing? It's going to be quick. Uh, Packers were on by like we were. I don't have anything to say about them. There's no no significant news. There may be some injury stuff uh, like updates, but it sounded like most of their guys were coming back. Um, unfortunately, that's uh, that sounds like they're probably going to keep rolling. Uh, the Bears and the Vikings are super fucking interesting. Pardon me. Get a little excited. That's okay. Um, I still, I said it last week, and I still feel it ever ha- after having watched both of them this week. The Bears are pretender, and the the Vikings are just unlucky. They both, the Vikings should have won the game against the Seahawks. I don't know if you didn't watch it, watch it. It was, it was, it was a very lion. It it was as lions, a loss as you can have without it being lions. Um, The bears did not deserve the win against the Buccaneers at all, at all. I still believe what I said. I still believe that both of those teams are going to go opposite directions. The bears are, maybe going to make the playoffs this year, but if they do, they're going to be absolutely embarrassed by a good team because they have not had to deal with that yet. Yeah. So I think the most interesting games, non-Lions games for me remaining on the schedule are the Vikings bears games. I'm going to watch the shit out of both of those games. Those are going to be, very interesting to me to see how those, how those teams play out because the bears, uh, they're, they're just not good. I don't understand how they've managed to get where they are. Honestly, it's remarkable that they have been so fortunate that other teams have collapsed, collapsed, including the lions right at their feet and let them walk over. Uh, whereas the Vikings are, they have problems. I'm not suggesting they're an elite team by any means. They have problems and that they have those problems is a big part of why they're one and four, but they have so much potential to do a lot better than what they're doing. And it's not going to take a lot for them to get over that hump. It's only going to take a little bit for them to start winning games. I fear playing the Vikings at the end of the year much more than I fear playing the bears. And I'll tell you, because we've talked about this, um, Oh God. Yeah. I tore it. I'm, I'm not going to relive that. Um, <laughs> that's the one thing you didn't super chat it. So I don't have to, uh, <laughs> the Vikings. You're absolutely right. Why couldn't we have played them week one? Right. And, and, and oh, that would have been nice. Week 13, <laughs> played right? the bears back to back at the end of the year. That would have been beautiful. But instead we got them at nine and seven, nine weeks, nine and 17. And that's just, that's just horrific. That's, that's absolutely when they're going to be the best. And the other thing about it is, is I still think Mike Zimmer, and I especially think so now this year, 
based on the moves that Spielman and Zimmer were making with the team and how they completely screwed themselves with the cap and the team with the cap and had a little bit of a fire sale going on, um, I felt like there was pressure there in Minnesota for them to win. They were kind of like in a little bit of a Jim Caldwell. It's like you haven't done anything, right? You've showed up, but you just haven't gone anywhere, and that's not good enough anymore. We want a team that's going to win. And I really felt like they were in the hot seat. If they weren't on the hot seat before, they absolutely are now. That Week 17 game against the Vikings, I guarantee they are going to be fired up for because it's going to be probably a playoff-deciding game for them. And we're not going to get the Vikings that everybody else gets, as it works every year, right? We Mm -hmm. never get the ones that everybody else gets, but uh, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But you look at it and you see yourself with the – the two Vikings games are going to be those are those are just going to be killers, man. And the Packers oh, game, brutal. It's going to be hard. The, the I think the Bears game, even in Chicago, we may find a little bit of redemption there. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, what's the date on that? Um, December sixth. That's our only cold game. because um, our next December game is at Titans. Yeah, we don't have a cold game. Every, it's this is crazy. Every away game, if you start, it's starting with the Falcons is indoor vikings indoor bears is the one outdoor then you got at titans indoor all the rest of these these away games other than the bears are are warm games inside yeah oh we got a chance as a a dome team (laughs) 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 gotta say thanks to dan super chat thank you it's okay you're late you can always rewind and replay We're, we're there love you too man all right, um, let's see. We got that. You got the round of division. Anything else we need to talk about there? I, th- I felt like there was something. Oh, I feel like we're out of topics. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we might be. All right. Well, everybody, with that, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you all, Super Chatters. Let me uh, call you out again. Loretto uh, and Dan, thank you guys so much for your multiple Super Chats. You folks are the best and uh, help help keep us going. Uh, remember, you all, we're looking to you and your involvement to keep the show on the road. Use the comments in the subreddit to give us your feedback. Uh, again, a quick reminder, Friday, the preview, game preview is back with Tony Ortiz, Jeff Risden, and me. Then the post-game show with the Riz and possibly Case. It's always a dice roll whether we get Case and it's... Always glad to have you, brother. And then, of course, our weekly show with Casey. Join us. Be there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, okay. forget it. Don't forget about some Patreon either. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. A little, little as a dollar a month will get you access to Slack chat, which is where you want to be. Especially, look, Case, you see it. You see the difference between... Uh, I, I got in trouble for calling out Reddit for being a bad place for chat. It was no different than Facebook, and it was no different than the rest of the places out there. Tell me about the quality of the chat in... The, oh, it's great. Slack, it's right? great. I mean, um, and and people come and people go, people disappear for a time or whatever. But every time you go in there and you want to talk actual Lions football, there is somebody that wants to talk Lions football with you. Yeah. And in, 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 a, in a like. Everybody brings something to the table kind of way. Yeah. It's a potluck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, Case always brings the Jello with the. You're not sure if it's vegetables inside, but whatever, right? It's, it's... <laughs> All right, check us out on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash The Detroit Lions Podcast, Instagram, Detroit Lions Podcast, and on Twitter at Det Lions Podcast. Go follow us. Go there right now and tell your friends too. Tell your friends to follow us, Det Lions Podcast, so they can go see Case 
with no pants on. That's right. Give us a call via Skype. Detroit Lions Podcast is the account. It's all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast. Or call us on the Lions line, 929-33-LIONS, 929-335-4667. We'll, uh, we'll get your message on the show, good, bad, otherwise, sober, whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast so we can show up in your ears automatically. And we'll even bring a little booty. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. Remember two things. We're not here for a long time. We're here for a good time. Be good to each other. No pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems. Because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Final seconds winding down. And look at that. How Big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over.